live on Zoom. It's not really live, but that's okay. <laughs> From Grubport, Ohio, with my guest, that's Dan, Dan Larrick. He's from Mason, Ohio. And he is a sober, badass husband and father of two. He owns Larrick Fitness. And it's a garage gym that helps people with their physical and mental fitness. And I'm super excited to welcome him to I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. He's my first male guest. And we're going to pick up right where we left off from Instagram Live. Dan, welcome. Introduce yourself to us. Tell us more about yourself. And then maybe go into that first question we had from the chat from Marty. And he had asked, did you just stop? And so I yeah. pitch it now to you. Welcome, my friend. All right. So we're back at it. And after some uh, technical glitches, we get this thing rolling again. Um, so, yeah, like you said, my name is Dan Larrick. Uh, I've been sober oh, for coming up on Fucking five years now. <laughs> we go jam out. Sorry, dude. Sorry, I had the wrong thing on. I forgot that my headphones are right. I, I'm a hot mess. I'm a, I'm an electronic mess tonight, so it's all good. All right, let's try this for the third time. Oh my god, <laughs> it's all good. So hopefully, y'all are uh, you know laughing along with us and uh, and getting us through this technical difficulties. So we'll figure it out. We're gonna persevere and keep yes. on going. So. You know, happy for anybody who's joining in right now. Happy for anybody who watches this in the future. And, uh, you know, if anybody's watching this and touching in and it's early in their sobriety journey or just want to kind of get into their sobriety journey, feel free to shoot either of us questions or, you know, anything like that. We'd love to just to chat, talk about it, whatever you need to do um, or whatever I could do to try to help. Uh, you know, I'm there for, you know, any kind of help for, you know, to get into the sobriety thing. So to jump into the question of did I just stop? was basically yes i mean it was uh you know after a lot of attempts of trying to quit sometimes making it a couple weeks sometimes making it a day and giving up um it was uh june 24th 2017 was the was the last day that i had a drink it was trying at times especially those you know those early days were insanely tough it was taking it like the saying of day by day. Uh, I mean, it couldn't be truer for the people that's, that's been through this and it's gotten sober knows what it's like of, you know, the accomplishment of one day, two day, getting through that first weekend, you know, where, you know, you start to think like, yeah, maybe I kind of can do something here where, you know, you know, as much as I did drink through the week, even just that thought of getting through the weekend and, and knowing that, hey, if I can do one weekend, uh, you know, let's string a couple weekends together. And then now we start blocking off some chunks of time. We got a month under our belt, two months under our belt. Like you said, 50 something days, you know, like now we're getting into, you know, better times where you can start to kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel where maybe it might not be so difficult as those early days. And not to say that there's not still the struggles and the times where, where you think about it, but as time goes on, it definitely does get easier. So so yeah, so if, um, I know for a lot of people, it's going to AA meetings or, you know, having a, um, you know, like a mentor or something like that helps out a lot. Um, I leaned on my family was a big thing for me because um, I didn't necessarily, I didn't go to any AA meetings or, you know, any kind of traditional, you know, get sober kind of things. Um, and I really think uh, a lot of that was almost a, a uh, I don't know if you want to say a pride thing on my side where I didn't, you know, I was, it was tough to want to ask for help, you know, and I thought it, I always looked at, 
going to AA meetings and stuff like that is kind of like a, like a weak person that I'm not that kind of person. I, I always thought, you know, and I wish I wouldn't have had that, that mindset on it. Cause I know for a lot of people, especially, you know, talking with different people here, you know, on IG and stuff like that, you know, for them, the, you know, going to AA meetings and stuff like that is, is big and it's very helpful. So I wish that stigma around going to an AA meeting wouldn't be the way it is at times, because I know for a lot of people that can really be a big benefit. So, yeah. And for me, it's, you know, the old, uh, you know, I spent a lot of years in the army and it's like, well, I can, you know, I, I, I should be able to do this. Um, I should be able to just, you know, the army was take an E, drink water, face out, pull security, like get over it. Look at the guy to your left and right and see that he or your guy or gal, whatever, you know, like that they're sucking worse than you are or just as bad as you are. So get over yourself and just pick yourself back up and move out. And, you know, that, right. that only enabled me to go so far. Like what, what was it? Do you think that was the catalyst? I, I know you said that you had tried multiple times and that was the one that worked, but what, what was the catalyst? Was it just realizing like, uh, you alluded to it there, like that, you, you know, you, you were in danger of losing the marriage, the, the family. Um, was it just sort of a, a, a like you just woke up one morning and you're like, oh, uh, you know, oh shit, like this is, this is getting real. Or was it that like slow creeping sense of that, that one day you were like, you know, there was just like, it, it, it kind of came to fruition over time. Um, I think there was kind of that initial, just a, a click and eye opener for whatever reason that was. Um, there was a lot of, a lot, it was more frequent fighting with the wife and some, some big events of, you know, dealing with some, with some police and, and stuff like that, where those kind of compounding and then which led to more time in my head in between those moments of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. when I would be sober and then I'd be thinking about it and I'd be like, did I really just do that? Like, you know, I got punched a hole in my window in the back of my house. Yeah. Got cut yeah. by my hand, had stitches in my hand and, you know, stuff like that. And, and it's like, you know, I knew that that couldn't keep going if it, and it just seemed like it was getting worse. Cause then it was that, and then it's, you know, fighting with the wife over, yeah when you look back on it, sometimes, you know, ridiculous stuff of yeah. nothing, you know, yeah. and, and then being in those times and trying to come up with the, the meanest stuff that I could say to her to try to justify my idiotic points, you know, yeah. and, and then it was just one day of, you know, I was just like, I, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I gotta, I gotta make a choice here. What's it going to be? Is it going to be the booze? And continue down that path or get my ass back in line, kick the booze and, and start, you know, just kind of start taking responsibilities as a, as a man and a husband yeah. and a father. Right. Uh, with my kids, I'm, you know, as I said, in the, when we were in live there, my kids were three and one at the time. So they were at an age where they're starting to come up and starting to see, you know, why is daddy acting different now and, and, and things like that. And, and I've always been so close with my family. I have a really great relationship with my father. Growing up, we did a lot of stuff together. And I look back on those times so fondly and, and with, you know, such good memory that 
I knew that if I continued down the path, I wasn't going to be able to build the same kind of bond and those same kind of memories with my family. And that really ate at me inside. Yeah. If I were to gonna give that up for something like alcohol, that if I let that go too long, I'd never be able to forgive myself about it. Yeah. So well, there's this uh, great know. picture of you with your kids that um, you posted recently, and I used it for one of the hype posts that I, I did for this episode, um, announcing, you know, starting about 12 hours ago. And it's it's you flexing in the background underneath the, the rack, and, um, you know, your son's there. He's holding, like, two toys or something. He's like, ah, no yeah. shirt on. And your daughter's like, yeah. And she's like, you know, and, you know, it, as you're talking about that, yeah, like, what would – what would your relationship with them be like had you not, you know, because when they're little, yeah. little, you think, well, I, I mean, I, I think I got progressively worse when our youngest was still pretty little, uh, but it's like, well, I can hide, even now with our, with our, our ones are, you know, oldest is 14, the middle one's 11, and I would like to fool myself into thinking like, well, they're not really noticing that, you know, right. I'm drinking more, and, and I mean, it's, come on, I, my kids are just like a, a, pretty much all kids, like they're a lot more observant than, you know, I, I want to think they are. And along the lines of the fitness, like, has that always kind of been your vocation? Have you always been doing that, um, you know, as your, as your way of, uh, of, of earning money? Or have you always been a kind of a fitness guy? Or is that something that you've used since getting sober to really like, take it to the next level? So early on, like uh, 19 or so, I really got into fitness and training and stuff like that. I didn't do it for any kind of business or, you know, monetary value. It was solely for myself and, you know, was in pretty decent shape when I was in my, you know, early 20s and uh, just like training and like learning about it and like trying to figure out, you know, what I could do with my diet and my training, you know, to maximize everything. And then and then it got into the alcohol and then I stopped, you know, I stopped exercising when I was at the height of my, you know, alcohol addiction. And when I got sober, it was kind of, let's, you know, let's kind of flip things around here. Cause I, you know, gained a decent bit of weight. And, uh, you know, when I was, when I was drinking a lot, so it was just kind of a, an outlet for me to, to pour that addiction into, I, you know, especially with the, all the training that I had done in the past, like, you know, I knew the steps, it wasn't a, a new thing for me. Right. So I knew it, it was a, you know, quote unquote, like easy route to go into, you know, back into for me, because I already, you know, knew so much about it. And uh, I just kind of, a lot of times I, I look at that as, it's, it sounds crazy, but to say like, if I, if I slip up too much or I don't take my training seriously, it almost to me in my head says that I'm not taking my sobriety seriously. And I've always, since the early days, kind of tied that together just as something for me to kind of, you know, latch it to and, and say, as much as it is for my family and stuff like that, if I go back to drinking, now my fitness is going to suffer that much more. So I, you know, just as another, as another piece of the pie to, to stay focused and stay sober. So that was, uh, that's always been a big thing. And then, and then getting into, you know, Instagram and posting a lot is then when I kind of transitioned into wanting to make this into a business and show, and show other dads that we can train hard, we can be there for our family, and, you know, and take care of our bodies. So that was how it transitioned into, you know, into the Lyric Fitness and the business side of it, of, uh, of wanting to kind of share what I've learned, see what, and, you know, show other, other guys 
you know, what this fitness thing is all about. Cause a lot of times, you know, especially with the way I like to train too, people just like, Oh, look at this meathead, you know, all he <laughs> does is probably, you know, work out and eat chicken, you know, <laughs> and people think that like, Oh, you can't have any fun or right. you probably never go out or do anything like this. And, you know, and that's so far from the reality. Like even last night we had a boys night, me and my son, we went to the movies, watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2, went and got pizza afterwards, yeah. got some ice cream back at the house. So it's like, you know, I can do all of that and still, you know, and then I work out this morning. Right. So you can have both sides of the coin there. It doesn't have to be, you know, one or the other. And I had posted about that actually recently that, you know, of the idea of it doesn't have to be one or the other, where I think so many other people see that, like they, they have to be all in of one or the other. Like if I'm going to train hard, I can't be there for my family or I can't train because I have to be there for my family. And I want to show people that that's, that's not the truth. Like we can have a mix of both. We can be serious about our health. We can be serious about our training, but we're also going to be serious as a father, serious as a husband and take care of both of those things, you know? Yeah. And, and obviously I'm, you know, we're not trying to, a lot of us aren't trying to be the, you know, on stage bodybuilder, where they do have to give a, you know, a different level of dedication and sacrifice of a lot of things. So, you know, I'm not necessarily speaking on people like that, where they have to sacrifice more, but, you know, for the average kind of guy, average dad, I want to show that we can have good physiques, take care of our body and also take care of those other family things as well. So that's really what my business is about. Awesome. And yeah, especially for us guys who are, you know, who have entered middle age and can no longer, you know, deny that we're there, there. Uh, (laughs) you know, it, it, it's can be discouraged. I I mean, I caught myself, I've always kind of gotten away with having a, a a raging metabolism. And in the army, I was just like the cardio guy. Um, I mean, just running became my thing. Um, not because I was naturally inclined or because I was gifted at, I was just stubborn and kept at it until I became a better runner. And I was the kind of of guy that could, you know, if I repped my body weight on bench, I was like excited. I'm like, Oh my God, I did 185, 10 times, you know, like I've never had that. Meanwhile, the guys around me, these barrel chested badasses are like, boom, like throwing up 305. Like it's nothing. Uh, you know, like it's just, I, I, just to say that, like when we, when we start getting into the thirties and then into our forties, it's easy to just kind of let go of that and say, well, I, at least for me anyway, it was, well, you know, I, I've been able to get away with it before. But then, you know, when I quit a job, at, I was working at UPS um, in the fall and it just ended up being too many hours, too many weird hours. And um, I was just, I needed to take a break before things got really crazy. And, and I switched over to Amazon and like within a month, I gained like 25 pounds. And that hasn't happened to me since I was in ranger school, you know, 20 years ago when I hadn't eaten for really well for a couple months and then came out of training because I was injured and basically just ate until I had chipmunk cheeks and gained yeah. like 30 pounds in, you know, a couple of weeks. But all this to say, like, it's easy. It's so, it's so much easier the older you get to like take your foot off the gas and then, you know, your, my metabolism isn't what it used to be. And just today I sweat swimming's my thing now to, do, to go low impact because I beat my frame up so much in the army with carrying weight on my back and all that stuff. And, you know, I swam like not a PR today, but one of my better one thousand meter times in a long time. But I think it's because it's taken me almost two months of not drinking and actually getting back and being consistent with it 
to get back to that place. We had a question here from Jez before I ramble too much about myself. Jez is out in LA. Um, she just ran a 5K yesterday and then she hiked three miles right after. Um, and so she had asked, uh, were you able to train while you were drinking or was getting um, back to training a catalyst to getting sober? So at the end of when I was drinking at my heaviest and right before I quit, I was basically doing zero training. It had, it had, I'd canceled my gym memberships because at that point I was training in a commercial gym, you know, early in my early twenties and stuff like that. And, uh, so I quit when I quit drinking, I actually started doing just some in-home like beach body stuff with my wife just to, to get the body moving again and, and yeah. trying to do something. And then that, that then led into getting back into a commercial gym and starting my training again. And, uh, and then, and then the shock of how weak I was at that point too, <laughs> after, after not training for, you know, probably it's probably a good three years that I didn't train at all. Oh, wow. Okay. So like, uh, yeah, two, three years probably that I was like, that's, you know, end of it, or I was, it was once a week and then stuff like that. And then it just got into not going at all. And, uh, so I had initially just kind of dropped a lot of weight. I lost 50 pounds when I, when I quit drinking. Wow. And, wow. uh, and granted, I, when I look back at the fit after losing 50 pounds, I was just, uh, I was way too skinny. I think <laughs> and, and I, I look at it and I just like, man, like I was in a bag of bones. You got a book. But, <laughs> but I felt good. Like I felt so good about myself yeah. at the time. Like, you know, so like looking back on it, you know, even my wife will laugh about it. She's like, look at this little boy, like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, but yeah, it, like at the, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Keep going. I was just saying like at the time it felt so good, but then, you know, that just kind of led into, all right, let's get into more strength training and, and get some of that muscle back. And, and then now, you know, at 34, just about to be in a month here or at the end of the month, uh, you know, basically sitting at the best shape of my life. So it feels it's, it's good. awesome. And it's great that you quit drinking at the end of your twenties and, and in our chat groups on Instagram, like the, uh, those of us who are on the older side, you know, for, for the young, <laughs> for the young bucks and does that are in there. Um, and the, sorry, my, my, oh my God, my mom was in a square dancing group where she met my dad it was called bucks and does back in the seventies. So like, I'm talking, I'm making all these like old fart references here, but like we, we tell them, we encourage them when they're talking about, and some of them like work in restaurants, they work in bars and it's really hard for them just being a, just being a young 20 something. Like once you get into being a, a husband and a father or a, you know, or a mother uh, and a wife and you get into domestic life, that is a difficult transition and can lead to like mommy wine culture or to dad's poker game drinking culture, all different kinds of excuses to drink. But if we try to encourage those, those younger guys and gals, like, hey, if the earlier you can quit, the better, the better you're going to help to preserve your body from the negative, the deleterious effects of alcohol over time. And I had always ignored the physiology and science of it because, again, I just have always been able to eat or drink whatever I wanted and kind of get away with it. And I think for me this winter, it was the wake up call when it was like, holy shit, I stopped, you know, working uh, this very physically demanding job for a while. And then went into more like a, at Amazon, I'm doing a lot more heavy weight, um, moving bigger packages and so uh, stuff that's not in my, and I just started gaining, gaining a lot of weight. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm not, I'm 42. I'm not 24. So, you yeah. know, good for you for quitting when you were 29 and when your kids were little, 
Um, what would you say, though, to, to guys who are out there, regardless of their age, who feel like they can't quit drinking because either it's not socially acceptable for the group of guys that they hang out with, or they just think it's not like they it's become so such an intrinsic part of their manhood like it was for me. Because last summer when I relapsed, it was like I was like, God damn it, I'm 41. I should, I think I've said this in every episode. So sorry, repeat listeners, but like, seriously, it was, we were at a, at a party and I was like, I should be able to have a drink. I should be able to have a frigging drink. So I had a drink and that just totally opened the floodgates because I can't just have one drink. And so what would you say to guys who are like us in their twenties, thirties, forties or later, you know, you know what it's like to have that testosterone laden macho sort of stigma stereotype in our heads um, what would you say to those guys who are listening or watching to to us now? Um, I mean, I guess as bluntly as it could be, some sometimes you're going to have to accept losing some friends. Where, especially in those early days, I think if it's a true friend, they're going to be able to accept that. Like, hey, if if I'm going to tell you how much I'm struggling, that hey, next time we go out, maybe not. Let's not go to our our usual spot where we used to drink. Maybe let's go try to do something that is it so, you know, alcohol forward with everything? And then maybe they could sacrifice a little bit of, you know, of their drinking. At least, I'm not saying obviously you, you can, you're never going to be around somebody that drinks again, but no. I know for me early limiting the amount of exposure was just big. And if somebody can accept that and, and help you out a little bit and Hey, let's go out. We can have some fun and show that we can have some fun without the booze which then gives you more confidence to be like, Hey, I just had a night out where I, I was able to have fun and w- I did it without the drinking. And then you can start venturing into different places that are, you know, a little bit more alcohol here and there and have that confidence from a timeout from somewhere else that didn't have the booze, carry that into a different thing. And uh, I mean, even just, I mean, I obviously it's not like you say the macho thing to do with the guys to say like you know you're not gonna hey let's go let's go take a walk around the park right? <laughs> yeah, right. But, but if you say but if you say let's go take a hike in the woods and you know that's a different situation right like it's funny where two guys don't want to go walk around the lake together and, you know at the park but if i go walk in the uh, on the you know in a trail off the woods it's okay you know absolutely guys we didn't we we don't want to admit, but like we, we actually like doing the same stuff as the ladies. We just try to we right. just frame it differently, right? Yeah. That's a great point. And so like and and reframing things is kind of like the again, I'm not a paid influencer for reframe app, but that's the app that I and the ladies who are in the chat here, I recognize all three of them um from the reframe community. And it's been very helpful for us to just I, I know for I think I can speak for a lot of folks who are on the app um that uh, that dial they, we there are like daily zoom calls for check-ins and stuff and and it's been really helpful to get to know the same people over uh, the course of a couple months for me now and you know just see seeing in, with the daily activities on the app their daily lessons uh, journaling prompts and meditation exercises and all kinds of resources but it is really just sharing with you the science of it like this is what alcohol is doing to your brain this is how it's 
affecting your prefrontal cortex. This is what it's doing with your dopamine levels. This is how it's affecting your, you know, just the, it, like over time, this is how it can affect your liver and all these things that you're like, yeah, yeah, I know it can affect. I know, I know, but I'm not really addicted. Like, how did you know when you were addicted to alcohol? Cause you did call it an addiction, an addiction, um, you know, and you have described yourself in a, as an alcoholic. So when would you say you had that realization uh, not necessarily that you took action to remove it from your life, but when, when did, what was that eye-opening moment where you're like, I've got a problem? I, I'd say a lot of those early times of starting to accept that I had an issue, because there was a, a period of time where, you know, I was still drinking when I would fully accept it and knew that I had an issue, but it was just like I say, the addiction and you couldn't stop. And it was the days of, like one, not being able to go do anything without it. Like if, okay, here's a, here's one for you. When, when my daughter was born, my wife was going into labor. We're on the way to the hospital. And I say, I have to stop at a gas station to get some beer. Before yeah, man. We, she, she's in yeah. labor in the passenger seat. And I said, Hey, I'm stopping and getting some beer. And that's some real that, thing for issue. sharing that because there's stuff like that in my story where I'm like, oh my God, like I went, you know, I was, I showed up to work drunk. Like I never would do that. Oh my God. In the army, like I was an army officer. I would never do that because it could be a career ender. Right. And, but I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll be all right. And I'm like driving, oh, it's only a couple of miles down the road and I'm going and like, the hell am I doing? And that's just one story. Right. And for you to share that, thank you for sharing that with us so that there are guys out here who see like, Hey, we make like, like we're really genuinely trying to be good dudes here. And like, we make some stupid decisions. Like when when we get in the clutches of this thing and it starts to kind of like turn on itself. So I I really appreciate you sharing that with us because you know, it's yeah. not an easy thing to come on an interview and say, hey, look, this is what I did. Uh, but that's what I found in meeting people on the Instagram sober community. I call it the sober family. Like these ladies are in the chat with us and, and a lot of guys that I've met too, um, who are so open about and, and willing to share like, hey, this is this is what I'm going through. I know AA meetings can be like that too, where people are like, and, and, and what I loved about the handful of AA meetings I've been to in my life is that when somebody started kind of like bullshitting, people would be like, Ugh. like people in the crowd would be like, yeah, they're like calling them on it because they know yeah. they're trying to justify it or whatever, instead of just saying, look, I did this and this was stupid. So that was just a big, long rambling way to say thank you for sharing that yeah. with us. And I just looked at the clock and realized, I think we've been on about 30 minutes. And because this is Zoom and I am a cheapskate and haven't upgraded Zoom yet, I think we got about... 10 minutes left. So I will All right, yeah, yeah. just wanted to give you a, a heads up on that and make sure that, you know, I pitch it back to you for anything that you wanted to talk about. Um, and, and, you know, I'm gonna shut up and let you talk again, man. Um, I think a big thing that I like trying to push to is just showing that, because for the longest time, I was so reserved and never talked about it. Like in the first few years of my sobriety, it was really only the people closest to me, you know, my direct family, that, that I would even talk to about it or anything like that. And because I looked at it as such a weakness for, yeah. you know, that I, that of what I did, because there was a lot of people that were outside of my family that never really realized how, how bad it had gotten because I wasn't one that typically went out a whole lot either. Like when, when we would be out at somewhere, I typically keep it together fairly well. Like if we were around, you know, some people that didn't know me too well, 
I keep it together fairly well, but it was solo at the house when it's just my wife or hell, my, my wife would be at work and it'd just be me home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was on. That's when it would just, it'd be blackout drunk nights and, and not knowing what's going on. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, you know, kind of going into that, like it's, it's don't be afraid to, to speak up and, and ask somebody for help where it's not, it's not a weakness to, to ask for help, or it's not a weakness to say that, you know, that say that you have an issue and I can't handle it on my own, where, you know, when it does come down to it, it boils down to it. Obviously you do have to do it by, you know, it's you that has to make the decisions and not drink, but there are so many people that can, you know, like you say, like us on the, you know, the, the sober family on IG that yeah. will be more than willing to just let you rant a little bit and kind yeah. of run with it and, and listen and talk and, and do anything that we can to try to help. And if anybody has that, you know, that they don't feel like they can, you know, comfortably talk to somebody, shoot me a message on, on Instagram and I'd love to chat and just, you know, try to talk you through it. And I love getting those messages of people saying that they've seen me talking about it and, you know, and say, Hey, I'm on day five of sobriety or, yeah. or you know, in those early days, especially. And, and I'll be, you know, as supportive as I can with that. Cause I love seeing people get sober and find out how much better this can feel for the people that can't control it. And, and once we do and see that light and, and really just kind of live a whole lot better life through sobriety. What would you say to somebody who despises social media like me, because I have disavowed social media many, like, three or four times now. And I came back to Instagram because so many reframe users were saying, uh, there's my 10 minute warning uh, from Zoom. Yeah, like, you know, so many people were on Instagram and sharing their handles. Finally, I was like, well, I'll just go on and do an anonymous account and I'll, you know, try to connect. And that way I can just start to read and just be a passive consumer, I guess, without wanting to. And then, and then this wild ass idea of a podcast came out and I was like, yeah. well, screw it. I'm out now. And I'm kind of dived headfirst into it. But what would you say to guys who are more like, uh, social media is stupid or they see Instagram, I mean, Instagram sober family seems to be very female heavy, at least with the ladies who, uh, or, or females are more vocal and more outgoing yeah. on Instagram for sharing, which is wonderful that they're leading the way on it and showing us how to be vulnerable and everything. But what would you say to guys like me who were very suspicious of coming back to social media? Cause I was like, I don't want to go on friggin' Instagram. It's stupid. Yeah. And, and I definitely see that. And I was the same way. Like before I started my Instagram page, I didn't even have a personal Facebook account. Cause I was that, I was that person of, I don't need to get on there and talk to those. Like, I'm going to just talk to somebody in real life. I don't need to be, you know, bullshitting yeah. with somebody on Instagram or, you know, saying it, even though I'm not, you know, that old of saying like, Oh, there's just a bunch of damn kids on there. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and to say that, you know, it's not so negative as, uh, as some people might see it, or it's like, what's the saying of, you know, like, um, I don't know, I'm gonna brain fart it, but like the minority has the loudest voice, right? So like yeah, something yeah. along those lines yeah. where you see the, the craziness of what, you know, Instagram and social media can be, and it can be such a, what appears to be a turnoff for some people, yeah. just know that that's not what a lot of it is. You know, there's, I, there's people yeah. like us that are, I think I'm a pretty, you know, down to earth, normal guy. And, uh, and I'm not on there dancing around, making a bunch of crazy TikToks, you know, 
and uh, I try to have some fun. You know, I posted a goofy video earlier today, but uh, you know, yeah, so I haven't I even figured out some... how to do a reel yet. You were my first story that I've shared. I'm like, shit, what's a story? Yeah. I thought I just posted stuff, and and you were like, it's okay, man. That was me in the beginning too. You just you were like, I just click stuff until I just hey, press buttons. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I I look back on some of those early times too, where it's like I'm like so monotone, where it was like today I'm going to lift this barbell it's heavy. and it's like, yeah, I look like such an idiot. So like just, just being more comfortable and, and seeing people and talking to people and just kind of being more carefree and loose about it. And to, I share that message to anybody that hey, if you're, if you're, you know, curious about it, you know, you can jump on and even like you say, stay anonymous. You don't have to then go post a whole bunch of stuff yeah. just to be on. You can come in and just kind of talk in the dark if you kind of if you want, really, where you just shoot some direct messages. And you know, if you want to shoot me a message and don't want it to be out public or any to anybody else, that is perfectly fine. I'm I will uh you know be fine with not sharing it with people, right? So it doesn't have to be if you come on, it doesn't have to be let's share it with the world, right? You can come right. on, shoot me a message, we can talk about it on the side, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, it can be just between us. If, if that's how you want it to be. And then if you get more comfortable and want to open up, that's completely up to you. But how open you want to be is, is totally up to you. Yeah. And I've been blown away at just how positive it is. I don't think I've seen a lot of toxic stuff other than the 55 bot bots that add me yeah. every day or multi-level marketing schemes that I'm just like block, block, block. So that kind of comes yeah. with the territory, but it for me, it's totally worth it because I've met lit, I mean, just hundreds, hundreds of people. And even if I just scroll, it's like positive, even if it's super cheesy, cringy, you know, cliche meme, it's it, cliches are true. And I still need to hear, you know, you can be the best version of yourself. Like I just need the positivity in my life. And, and even if you just scroll and you're like, you know, gosh, this seems cheesy. It's better to have cheesy positivity in your life than toxic negativity. And I really have not seen hardly right. any if if at all toxicity when it comes to like well you don't do my program and so screw you you're not really sober or, or people like you know being nasty about it so like we've yeah. got five minutes left and i want to give three of those five minutes to you before i wrap up like to um just tell us what you would recommend to oh and and jez also said um, she said, men have a hard time asking for directions when they're lost. So yeah, what would you yeah, say to the men out there who um, are like me and, and who doesn't want to ask for directions when I'm lost and, you know, my cell phone signal goes out. I'm like, no, you know, I can figure this out. I can train, associate my way to my objective, whatever. Um, what would you say to the guys out there who feel like ashamed of what embarrassed ashamed and or guilty about where they are and if they don't want to go on instagram or they don't want to make take some big dramatic step or or big type step today what's one small thing that they could do where they're at right now in being sober curious or and or trying to cut back and maybe working towards you know cutting it out one day in the future um one thing i would say about that is is i often look at it Cause uh, being shy or like backwards to the camera, like is this embarrassment or shame is will never be as high as the embarrassment that or shame that I put myself in, in yeah. some of my, you know, worst times of, of drinking. So the thought of being embarrassed or anything like that of coming onto a social media account or even asking somebody for help, I can promise that's if, if 
if you're an addict, you've done some things that you've obviously regret. So asking for help or anything like that will never be as embarrassing or shameful as some of the stuff that you've done in the past. So just be open with yourself. And, uh, and, and even if you don't want to ask for help, just coming on and watching some people's pages. And, and even though you say they're cliche and, you know, and maybe cheesy, there might be somebody that looks at one of those things one day and be like, you know what, that's, that, that's true. That's me right there. Yep. And they can relate to it. And then, and then they take a step to want to look at a couple more pages and then maybe then it turns into shooting a message. It doesn't have to be coming on and directly trying to talk to somebody and feel like you got to, you know, delve into your darkest secrets and just kind of pour your life out there. Just kind of linger in the dark. If you, you know, if you're kind of yeah. hesitant and you can come in, see some stuff, Kate, you know, catch some positivity from some people and, and then take those next steps to maybe talking to somebody about it. And, uh, you know, and don't be afraid to, you know, look into AA or some other kind of things like that. And, you know, this, this sober community is big. We, you know, a lot of us like to talk and we're all here to help. So don't feel any kind of shame from trying to come and, and ask anybody to, to help you a little bit. Absolutely. It's good stuff, man. Like I'm so, so glad to have had you. I'm turning on the cheese. Speaking of cheesiness, I'm going to throw on my cheesy yeah. beats. Yeah. If you'd like to connect with Dan, please give him a follow and a and a message on Instagram at Laric L A R R I C K underscore Fitness. I want to thank him for joining us, but especially for being my first male guest. The IG Sober family, like we talked about, seems to have a lot more women, but I think it's because the women are much more willing to be open and honest about where they're at. And Dan and I want to really start, not start the conversation. There are great male podcasts out there. I started listening to that Sober Guy podcast today, which is great. Um, lots of resources on there and just tinker around, just Google stuff. And again, you can be just a passive, you can be a lurker. You can go check stuff out and be sober curious you know, no risk of uh, feeling outed or anything like that. Um, thank you, Dan, for encouraging us. And thank you to all the ladies out there uh, and guys who have encouraged me over the last 50 some days. My next guest on episode six will be this Wednesday, April 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to interview Rodolfo Kirshner, who's down in Texas, Texas, and he goes by Hairless Lion. He knows Dan and Dan knows him and he speaks very highly of Dan, was super excited when I said I was having Dan on tonight. Um, so uh, we be looking for that. I'll do that on Instagram live um, before we close quick shout out to tonight's theme music this is called electro bass music loop m1 by a guy named frankum i'm assuming it's a dude it's marked with creative commons license 3.0 there's no copyright i claim no rights to these badass beats creative commons does not endorse i kiss alcohol goodbye or any of my statements or views to view the terms visit the link provided in the episode description thank you dan Thank you to everyone for joining us. Until next time, goodbye alcohol and hello life. Peace. Thank you guys right, so much. This was great. Yeah, Dan, I'll I follow up with you on this. Hey, Jez and Jen and everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Jez, thank you for those sweet, like the dancing lady and the disco guy thing. That's awesome. <laughs> I think our I think our Zoom's going to end here in a second, so much love. I will reach out to you in a yeah. second on, on IG, man. Thank you. All right, cool. Appreciate Peace. it. Peace. Thanks, y'all, for joining.